Hey, it's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. What's happening, everybody? It's Brad House here for the Work For It podcast. Whoa, freaking energy. Holy shit. You weren't this excited when we talked like 10 seconds ago. What happened? Well, I just set my meth pipe down, and uh, I'm feeling it right now. I was going to say, Brian House House is electrifying, and I'm the one sitting in a thunderstorm. What the hell? (laughs) 34 seconds in, I have blown your eardrums out. We are bringing the hot, hot energy this afternoon, or morning, or whenever you're listening to this this podcast coming at you. (laughs) <laughs> Loud and proud because we're Ooh. working hard and it is nearly summertime. And Damn, you know what doesn't that feel means. like it out here in the fucking mountains. We had an inch of snow on the ground yesterday. Oh my god, really? That sucks. Yeah, it's been uh, seventy degrees this week for me, so I'm I'm loving my time in the shop. What does it mean, Brian? Besides short shorts and crop tops, have you ever heard the term trenches? <laughs> oh. Trenches. Also. Swamp referred to as swamp ass or swamp taint or Fermunda cheese. Yeah, that. Yeah, so <laughs> if you if you get this affliction like I do, South Florida in the summer, you know, it's like you you're basically swimming as you walk around everywhere. It's 100 percent humidity, and and um, you know you've got these uh, appendages hanging between your your thighs southern and it, your southern peninsula the southern will feel like you're living in the southern yeah. peninsula of Florida has a tendency to uh, <laughs> to get a little crispy so um, and and kind of like soggy I think is the right term for that but uh, yeah. yeah trench ass uh, swamp taint whatever you want to call it I get it every year and uh, but I've I figured it out now I I have figured out mm. how this works. Okay. Every morning, especially in the summertime, every morning, douse myself with a huge bit of baby powder. So if you ever you run into me and I smell like baby powder, that <clears> means <throat> that I'm, I'm you know just you're smelling out his of the cock. <laughs> <laughs> you should get off your knees. Right. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Right. Stand up for Christ's sake. Brian's like, you don't have all to right, do that. All right, all right. I, okay. I can't deal with this anyway. But uh, yeah, no, I I'll tell you what. It's uh, it's it's beautiful down here in South Florida, and and I it usually the summertime right around this time of year it starts to shift, and we get like you know thunderstorms and heat and hot and rain and all that. But it's been pretty nice. This year's been pretty good. And it looks like it's starting to warm up by you guys just a smidge anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that means more time in the workshop, which I yeah, am. Uh, I'm jealous of all y'all up, up north that get to open up their doors and windows and all of that and feel the breeze. Mm, yeah. and work and you guys kind of go like inverse, right? I, I have some family and friends that live in, in Arizona and they've yeah, always the said, opposite. yeah, like summer is our winter. We stay the hell inside when it's 110 yeah. degrees out, you know, in Phoenix. Yeah. If anybody other than people who live in pretty much like central south southern california even there their weather isn't 
you know, always yeah. perfect. San but Diego's it, an anomaly. Yeah, it's it's like kind of like that where if you live in Southern California, you got pretty decent weather all year round, you know, but it's still pretty dry and dusty there. But like, there's just nowhere in the in the world. Then this is the reason why so many people have like their snowbirds, right? They spend their yeah. summers <laughs> up north and their winters down here. And I get that because the older I get, I'm like, wow, that's really attractive. But the downside would be for me, like I wouldn't be able to have my workshop. Well, I mean, I guess if I had unlimited money and I yeah. could just yeah. you know, do whatever, I, I could have a workshop in both. But I even that would be a pain in the ass. Brian, you're yeah. welcome up here and work in my little workshop. We can make it work. It might be a there little cramped, go. but, you know. Yeah, we can do I it. think you and I would get a little, uh, we would get pretty <laughs> chummy pretty quick, and then we'd start beating on each other, I think, oh. and we'd be all rubbing elbows all the time. Are you using that? What? Get, get the hell away from me. And then we'd get fire the forge and be all over. <laughs> <laughs> so, boys, yeah, how you doing? How are you guys up? To, what are you up to? I know, Brian, you've got some shit going on. Ben, we haven't talked to you in two weeks. What's what's yeah. happening? Man, it's been busy as hell out here, and I have basically filmed none of it. And it's been kind of oh, nice, I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, it is nice, isn't it? When you can just work and not worry about yeah. the content set. I had my, my uh, in-laws were out for a week, and they're fairly regular guests anymore. You know, they, they make, a, make a trip. I don't know, every couple of months it seems out here, which is really awesome. I've I've always gotten along incredibly well with my in-laws. They're just great folks. I've should have known them for half my life or more. I, I've my wife and I have been dating for almost twenty five years, you know, so they're pretty much family at should, this point. You should make her uh, a, a real woman out of her and put well, a ring I've on that. I've been trying, you know. <laughs> marry that chick already. I waited almost 10 years. Well, maybe even a little more than 10 years before I did put a ring on it. So, You hear that, Emily? You hear that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's some good There's some good to that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, not that you're making honest. There isn't honest. anything wrong with waiting. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. That, like your marriage partner is like the most important thing. Yeah. Like most One of the most important decisions of your entire well, life. Well, yeah, and it also kind of just became a symbology at some level. You know, it was like we, we knew when we got married, we had known for a long time, a long while that, you know, we were going to be together for forever, basically. And so it was kind of symbology at some level. But anyway... They were out, and as per usual, my wife's honeydew list expands tenfold when her father comes out, and I have the ability to work with a partner. <laughs> and so, what did we do? Man, built a new shed uh, on Whoa. the side of the house. Yeah. Just a small project. What are you talking Just about? Just a small Holy. project. But it was kind of neat because we had a uh, – last year I had put a piece of fence in our whole house was set up for dogs in the backyard, so it had the sort of cyclone fence around. And we had a little piece about, I don't know, 15 feet um, on the side of our house that basically separated the front yard from the backyard. And I replaced that with a cedar picket fence last summer. And then as I have taken over the workshop, things have migrated to the patio that's attached to the back of the workshop here. And uh, my wife hates it. <laughs> so the bikes and the lawnmower and everything ended up on the patio. So it was time to build a shed. So I basically extended the fence and made sort of an L shape 
and then we put a roof over the top of that and uh, closed it in on three sides. So we've basically now got a good little shed for storing uh, bikes and the lawnmower and the weed whackers and the you know all that shit, the tree trimmer, pole saws, and all that outdoorsy kind of shit that you know you never find a good place for. So this is really cool. just insurance, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. Yeah, you're she's not trying this garage to back. Exactly. You're insuring the fact. <laughs> Hell that no. She, <laughs> I that told all her, that stuff doesn't make its way back. Yeah. In there. You know, like 12 years ago, I don't remember how long ago it was when we bought this house, but I, you know, it, my shop's awesome because I, it's a detached garage. So I don't have to worry about noise. You know, I don't have to worry about dust uh, tracking directly into yeah, the house. Nice. It's just, it's just tits <laughs> and then it's a concrete block building so it's pretty damn soundproof as well you know so i i've got it made but when we bought the house i said all right i'll make you a deal the garage is pretty small your the cars just barely fit in the door i mean it's really tight uh, once you get in here it widens out but the door is pretty narrow i said i'll start your car every fucking day that it's cold or hot or whatever i'll start your car for you if i can turn that into a shop and so far the deal's paid off because her car now has an automatic car starter so now well, yeah, those so are the we, types of deals you want to make. Oh fuck yeah! So we did the shed. We you know a bunch of little odd jobs around the house and yard. We got this the sprinkler irrigation system up and running and tested and everything all all that set up. And then uh, one of the cool things I did to the shop here, I have an attic above my shop, and at, at the peak it's probably six and a half feet. But it slopes down pretty good uh, just because the, the building itself isn't huge, you know. So it's not exactly what I'd call usable space uh, per se. I might put a little photo studio up there or something to shoot photos of products or something like that. But mostly it collected junk. And, you know, it was home to old beat down miter saws and just bullshit that, you know, oh, I'll use that someday. And you throw it in the fucking attic. So... Jack and, and I cleared, and then you never use it. And I every day I'd come in here and I'd worry, like, is the ceiling going to be collapsed? <laughs> you know? Uh, but Jack and I cleared all that shit out, got it to the dump. And in the process of that, he managed to smash out the back window of my truck, which was awesome. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, we got that all cleared out, and then we ended up, I had a pretty small access, outside access to that attic space. It was only like 30 inches by maybe 35 inches. So we blew that open, reframed the opening, and we put two big sort of barn style swinging doors on it. And so now I've got shit, I don't know, four foot by six foot or so of opening so I can fit even bigger shit that I will never use into the attic. <laughs> you need like um, one of those like uh those like winches that you that just like drops I, a it, hole in the ceiling and yep. then you just set everything on it and it goes up there. i have thought about yeah. that i've actually thought a lot about <laughs> putting uh an access to that space from in the workshop you know like uh mm. like Woby designs has his folding staircase that he built you know mm. 
I've thought about doing something like that, but I just don't have enough space in here, and I don't know what I'd use it for up there. Mm-hmm. You know? I was going to put my CNC machine up there when I first got it, but again, I'm afraid the fucking ceiling's going to collapse. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a little bit rough for a whole CNC machine to drop on oh, your... Oh, yeah, a 600-pound shop bot laying in a million pieces would not <laughs> be easy to explain. <laughs> It'd be pretty funny to try to explain that to shop bot, too. Yeah, like, yeah, Look, exactly. Uh, well, you know, You're never um, getting this machine back. I remember, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with William, the William Douglas Company YouTube channel. No. Uh, Will is a woodworker, and he's been on YouTube now for probably two years. When he first started, he worked out of his backyard. And, and I say backyard because most of his workshop was literally in his yard. He had a small shed, and due to his HOA and all this kind of stuff, he, he couldn't build a big shop back there. And so he had this small, maybe, I don't know, 15 by 10, 10 by 15 shed. I know and how that's that feels. where he kept like all of his tools in there. But he lived in Phoenix, I think it is. And so during the day, he'd roll his big ass jointer and planer and table saw and everything outside onto a big deck he had built and just built gorgeous furniture in his backyard. Now he's got a, a wood shop that's also a coffee shop, which is really cool. He's he's really kind of an eclectic guy. But um, anyway, he had a CNC machine in a loft inside that little shed. And I think he fit like a damn four by eight CNC machine up in this loft. He had to like climb this little ladder to get up there and it was pretty pretty freaking hilarious so where there's a will there's a way amen brother yep so yeah, yeah. anyway use that's kind of what i've been up to filling some orders got some orders for uh leather molds and uh working on apron for and i might as well reveal it it was revealed on another podcast but making an apron for dennis tyrell so hell yeah looking forward to that and also um uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm drawing a dang blank. I'll come back to that. Another apron as well for the last guest we had on. Why am I not able to remember names today? Ira Housework? No, the one before that. Uh, Chris? Powell. Chris. Powell, yes. I don't, why couldn't I think of that? Full yeah, steam Chris, designs. He's Chris reached out arms. to me Yeah, and said he had an apron that he picked up from a fairly well-known apron maker in the community. And wasn't wasn't too thrilled with it. So he wants a few changes made. So we're going to make him a new apron and uh, probably be. So he's both not of those. sending you this apron to fix up. He's he's getting no. a new one. Yeah, okay. we talked about that, and you know, I said if you send it out, I can surely do that. But um, in, in the end, he wants to eliminate the lower pockets, sort of the kangaroo pockets on it. Um, and so doing that, we just have a bunch of stitching holes left over. Oh, so yeah. I had a leather sheath made with the kangaroo pockets, and literally, I put nothing down in them because they just fill up with metal dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, just yeah. no real. Yeah, yep. I thought about, uh, and I actually picked up some. It's like heavy duty mesh, um, you know, like maybe on the outside of a pack, like a backpack or something. Okay. Sometimes sure, there's sure. like plastic coated mesh, and I've played around a little bit with trying to do mesh bottom pockets. You know, so that ev- that dust and everything could fall right through, mm. but it's it still kind of collects in there. You know, it just 
sticks to the uh the suede side of the leather or the you know the flesh side of the leather and yeah gets a little fugly but anyway both of those <laughs> designs may uh probably will end up on the website as well <clears throat> if folks are interested in a design other than what I have up there now, they'll both be, uh, I think, unique designs and not necessarily follow the one. That's that what you could call the brand or the that run of those aprons is the fugly line. The fugly, yeah, I like it. Your your you fugly know, brother. You have the Fitzgerald, and you know, yeah, you, you, yeah, fugly. I like that. The fugly, it'd just go. be uh, <laughs> aprons that I've made for other well-known makers, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. love it. But Dennis, uh, I'm I'm pretty stoked because Dennis is interested in a, a very dark gray or even close to black leather for his. So uh, I think I've finally got a bead on on a good hide, and it should be coming in the next couple of days. And been playing around with the the copper from Maritime Knife Supply on the CNC. And uh, might be carving a little shark out to go along with the apron. Oh, I like that. Ooh, that'll be I cool. like that idea. Yeah. I also love the idea of the black leather just because I've always had black yeah. leather aprons. And it's primarily yeah. because there's been a couple times where I've burnt it a little bit. And it just yeah. kind of like, you know, Buttons folds right in, in with the rest of the black. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a couple of, couple of things that I'm starting to notice. You know, I haven't gotten as many orders for aprons as I thought I might. And... That so that had me kind of questioning. Okay, you know what's going on? Is the price right? Is you know what's what's preventing people from pulling the trigger? Um, I've gotten more comments about I saw the apron Brian's wearing and I love it. Now the design of that apron is different than what I've got on on my website, right? Mm. And I think folks are maybe hesitant about the design. Because uh, it is different. They want just sort of a more traditional look and feel. I shied a bit away from that because folks like Calavera have a very distinct sort of chest rig or chest pocket setup. And I didn't want to, you know, encroach his territory with that design. But now I think I'm willing to get closer than uh, I was before <laughs> uh, to yeah. that because I think. I think folks really like that that look. And then also maybe you're partnering with the wrong knife maker here. Maybe you need to Could be, be. Uh, thinking about a house a cone apron. A house, yeah. No, fuck oh. Brad Cone. We don't, want, we don't care about him. We, we're talking about me. Come on. So you want me to make, a, say, make you, you a legit <laughs> apron, not not a hand-me-down? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, he, but here, here's the... <laughs> Here, here's I think you're absolutely right. You need to listen to what people are saying because, um, and then also you're just not promoting it. Is like no, I'm not. You should so that's the at thing. all. And and, yep. and believe it or not, as much as you think people are looking at things, I keep having to remind myself this. And I'm in a period where I'm trying to focus on a couple of other things other than my grinder promotion and all of mm -hmm. that. So I'm just trying to kind of step back a little bit because I have some things that need attention and that yeah. I can't focus on these other things. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to let that settle down. And it's, if I do that, the sales will slow down. It's just, sure. it's just the way it is. Now, if I keep making content that's, you know, revolves around the grinder, yeah. then I'll sell as many as I'd like or whatever. So I just think of it in terms of that, like, well, 
you want to do apron stuff, you got to make apron based content and don't worry about, you know, stepping on other people's toes as far as design concept. I mean, blatant yeah. ripoffs, you know, aside thing, of that, yeah. that's one thing, but like, you know, there's, we're all copies of a copy of a copy and you know, people ask me this all the time about my design and how people have ripped it off. I'm just like, I don't even give a shit, man. Like if, yeah. if they, you know, if if they want to put that amount of work into a, a non-original design, yep. I mean, it's kind of lame, you know, you know but whatever. Yeah. I just appreciate the fact that they're doing something. So that, to me, like, makes me feel good. But at the yeah. same time, I look at it like this. The the more you can do to refine a design in, in your apron work, if it overlaps with someone else's design... I just think that that's gonna not be a problem for you, right? I don't. Well, I, you and know, I've, I've it just I've isn't. had feedback, and I, and I've seen firsthand, uh, you know, the the design in particular that I was feeling like I was getting a little bit close to. One of the things that put me on guard about that was actually when I made that apron that I sent to you, Brian. Um, I posted it way back then, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. Posted it, and that particular brand or person happened to comment on my post and and say something to the effect of well i guess impersonation is the most sincere form oh, of that's so lame. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and i'm that's like so sounds lame. like wow. that guy's just butthurt come yeah. on oh and so lame i was so, like so lame. holy here's, cow here's my take and i on had it. met this guy right like i had we had been in that state at the beach on vacation reached out to him and said, hey, my son would love to come check out your shop. He made an apron with Jack, you know, the whole nine yards. So you and have then a he's more than a relationship. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute here. I, and I wasn't even at that time putting them for fucking sale, you know? <laughs> I'm like, holy so shit. So did you ever approach the subject with this person? I didn't. Just, no, I just left yeah. it at that time, you know, which is total pacifist me. But So um, I, think, I think what you need to do, I'm, I agree that maybe you shouldn't do the exact same thing, but improve it a little bit, do a little bit yeah. of a tweak here and there. And I yep. feel like that's, well, I here's mean, the thing. So I, I have seen firsthand through the apron that, uh, he and Jack made and heard from, from others, you know, just different things. Number one, if you're going to make a pocket that's meant to hold a pencil, make sure it fits a fucking pencil. <laughs> You know, yeah. and maybe even should fit a Sharpie, you know, just little simple things like that that I don't think people pay enough attention to. And I obsess over, you know, <laughs> I'm like anal. No to one's going to do it the degree. way you do it. You know, right. that's the way I look at it. You know, there's 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 certain things that you're just going to make changes for with and you're going to, you know, make it your own. I, I don't uh, I Brian and I talked about this on the last podcast about all the noise. And yeah. I'll segue into what I've been working on because yeah, you know I shared it. a shit ton about uh, the Anvil project, yeah. And the <laughs> feedback I got from that was just, <laughs> and I cannot believe the amount of Anvil experts on the planet. It's unbelievable <laughs> how many people everybody's messaged a me. They commented. I mean, it was worse than the the saw blade uh, braces that I made on that one table. People were messaging me going, you've ruined, ruined the anvil. You you have destroyed a piece of history. Yeah, sure. um, By making it usable. Angry, so angry. And 
Um, and then I've got a lot of kind of passive aggressive comments about how I don't know what I'm doing and that oh, the sway Lord. and the anvil doesn't matter and that you should just use it that way and you should just be so you what, should get, everything you make should have dimples in it now well right. no, you know well, rounded is, corners <laughs> and and I can appreciate what they're saying but you know it's like get a little more context first because if you look at any of the photos like in depth if you actually looked at the photos you would see that some of those the the sway goes down almost three-eighths of an inch like if so yeah, if right. i take a flat piece of steel and i hit it with a hammer everything banana chips just it just right. and it just there was no See, flat surface on that anvil at all not one spot on that anvil was flat that's the same thing that i'm dealing with with my anvil right where you would normally hammer right in the right center where you want to hit of it. The, the hammer uh, of the anvil has a, yep. just an ever so slight concave to it so yep. if I am flattening something out, I have to go off, you know, in different angles to try to find the flat spot. And, and, you know. and I'm not arguing the fact that you can most definitely get something flat on a rounded over anvil or something that sure. has saddling or any of that. I am not discounting that. So, But, but you, so I kept, you made it so that you have the tools, you have the technology, you made it the way that you wanted it. And it's your fucking anvil. Who yes, cares? My, oh, the <laughs> outrage was just unbelievable. So I just took all of that energy and I just started pumping it into more content. Like, wait, I just wanted to feel what it felt like to have right? just an entire community of people attack me all at once. And then at the end, I proved them all wrong, and it was crickets. It was like <laughs> right. no one said "good job." Uh, right? You know, I, oh, I mean, people no. did say that, but not the people who were criticizing me heavily. You know, it was like so. I showed like a close up of it. Like, look, this is the sway or the saddling that's going on in this. And of course, I had to be multiple times. My nomenclature had to be corrected the entire time. All my syntax oh, was wrong. Course, oh, you're right. using the wrong syntax. That's not dishing. That's saddling. That's sway. Whatever. That's this. That's that. Okay. Okay. I, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I, and you know me. I'm just like, okay. I appreciate the you know feedback or whatever. And they're like, well, somebody that doesn't know what that means or how to say it shouldn't even be working on an anvil. Like oh that. yeah, that's what Jesus. one guy says. Right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, fair enough. I and then I wrote back to him and I said, you know, what's funny is I dug into your social media. And I don't yeah. see any of your work on here. I don't see a fucking here. anvil anywhere. Uh, and I don't see an anvil anywhere. You don't even own a goddamn anvil, you, and you know what's loser. even better? Let me tell you what's even better about this. So you know how I did the contest where I said, how much do you think this anvil weighs? <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. gave the hint that it had a one, two, zero uh -huh. stamped on the side. The same guy who told me I didn't know the syntax. How many he said 120 pounds? He said 118 pounds. <laughs> yes! And I went, I, I wanted to write him back and go, so you the guy who it. just totally dumped all over me because I said sway or dish versus saddle Doesn't does know not understand the anvil conversion rate of the British pound to an <laughs> or English weight pound or whatever the hell it is. I and I went... Weight. This is why you don't listen to anybody unless you know what them. is it. Like if swipe, swipe left, delete comment. Oh swipe left, my oh, god! Delete comment. Leave, leave that shit there. No, you let gotta let leave the people ruminate on that. True. It's unbelievable how many people who were negative about what I was doing had no idea that the one two zero did not indicate weight, even when I wrote it as a hint in the post, and I wrote. 
it's it says one two zero, but that and that is an indicator of weight. But yeah. you have to decode. You have to know it. what like unit. It. You have to know what unit it's actually measuring. Oh. And of these, I'm not kidding you. At least four or five of these guys wrote like 118, 119. These people must went, have a hard time holding their heads up because they're better so to do. fucking full of knowledge. You know. <laughs> Don't get me started on the stand uh, I made. Every single person, oh, like man. all of these people, were like. Physics must not be the same way in your part of the world as my <laughs> really? part of what the world. What was wor- the problem with the, the so, anvil stand? So because I use the straight leg, four leg construction, which is, uh, by the way, very common. And I know that there, all these people are saying you should sweat, right. you should move the legs so that they're they're um, at an angle. So and usually, mm. typically, people have three legs. Yeah, three legs on an anvil stand, and they're at an angle. My shop floor is concrete, and it is wavy gravy i mean we're talking all over the place i wanted to be able there was two reasons for this i wanted to be able to move my anvil with a two-wheel cart so i needed you know two legs at least that were somewhat close to each other within 12 inches and then i also wanted to put leveling feet and i used um industrial bungs so you know what a bung is like a weld-in bung so i i use those and they're they're an inch and a half long so you basically you, you cut a plate and you drill a hole the size of that bung, and then it gets welded in place, and it gets welded from both sides. So you've got an inch and a half of half-inch 13 threads. And I think to myself, you know, that's probably going to be okay. And if it doesn't work out, like let's say in a couple years those bungs start to fail, then I'll just figure out something else. I'll cut them off, and then we'll rework them. Well, all these people were saying, you know, a four-legged anvil stand is a terrible idea because they walk when you ha- hit them, oh. which, by the way, has a not A three-legged stand is going to fucking oh, walk me- just the same. The only reason you do three legs on any stool is to deal with an uneven surface. You've let dealt with you, that at the a, levelers. <laughs> as a person who hammered on a four-legged anvil, the, the thing walked, but I think it was just because I had a shitty stand. Well, it could yeah. be that, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to solve walking on an anvil. You know, you can you can actually um, brace an anvil in certain ways or whatever. There's no ideal situation. You would have thought that I committed high treason because of this anvil. I mean, the amount of comments. I mean, people just being straight up shitty with me, and I was just like, how is this a thing? So I started <sighs> thinking about the... The, my and it wasn't on anywhere other than Facebook. By the way, this is all Facebook. Of course, it, mostly yeah. Instagram was all very positive, but Facebook is is. <laughs> and I mean, word. I'm bringing it on. I'm bringing it on, right? Because sure. I'm sharing this stuff, and I get it. If right. I'm a content creator, I shouldn't have to like, you know, I sh- I should have thicker skin, and I do, and it's like whatever. But like, I just feel like. It was like the same people telling me I screwed up the anvil. We're now looking for a reason to, you know, yeah, basically bash, bash me on the else. stand. So and I'll tell what you, is it? I felt pretty great about all of it. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> what is it, though, about – so I see this in the woodworking community with with only typically with things like hand planes, spoke shaves, draw yeah. knives, very traditional tools, right? For some reason, people are standing on. Yeah, for some reason, tools. you pull out arguably one of the simplest fucking tools in your workshop, a hand plane, a spoke shave, a draw knife, a fucking anvil. You pull All these the things out. Come out that come from the olden days, 
you can't do anything right with that fucking thing. But <laughs> if I show one thing about a goddamn CNC machine that's infinitely more complex than a stupid hand plane, right? Nobody says a fucking word. <laughs> well, that's because they know about hand plane. You know, a lot of people yeah, have experience they know, with right? anvils, yeah. hand planes, all, yeah. draw knives. They have all that. So they feel the need to like chime in and yeah. and I and I'll tell you, I appreciate it because I at the same time I sure. think to myself, at least they're doing something. Now the snide remarks and people telling me that I'm Yeah, an idiot, there's a way that I don't to do really it care for, that, but it's appropriate and yeah. there's a way not to. If do you're going to be helpful online, your approach is everything because especially in today's it's world you nobody really knows, you know, if you're joking or whatever cuz some of these might have been, you know, their attempt at comedy which, you know, is fine, but right. I, if I don't really know you then that's an issue. Like, I don't really fully understand context and, you know, because I don't really have a lot. Now, if, if it was like you, Ben, approaching me on, on Instagram and like, hey, you ruined that anvil, I would be like, yeah, well, you don't know what the yeah, fuck you're talking fuck about. You, that's dude. funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I've been working on that in the shop and then I got beat up about all this stuff and whatever. And it was fun. It Like, a couple of the comments really bothered me. Like, I had to delete a couple of them yeah, because I was does. like, that's really negative shit. But- let me tell you uh, some good positive stuff that uh, has been happening as far as uh, yeah. social media goes. So uh, we released the Dagger Challenge video, was it like the 15th of April, I think it was, yeah. Brian, it came out. Yeah. So I shared some of this data on the Slack channel, Brian. I don't know if you saw the charts. Oh, but I have been off Slack for the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So, Slacker. yeah, because it's – yeah. <laughs> So what it, what had happened was um, I released that video on the 15th like the rest of us, and it did really well. So my, my video has like 53,000 views on it as of right now. Um, and for a knife-making video, for me, that's pretty good. And I don't know why, but somehow YouTube's algorithm then started feeding out one of my old grinder videos, which had nothing to do with knife-making knife or anything. It was just a, me building a grinder. And that video had about i don't know it was like a half a million views on it at the time something like that like almost maybe yeah around half a million anyway and um and then it started to mirror the views of the of the dagger challenge oh, wow. for some wow. reason and then it freaking went viral like it just <laughs> So in less than 30 days, it got 250,000 views. Wow. And I thought, uh, yeah. wow, that is insane. So I started like digging into the analytics of it. And I also made changes to the way that that video was presenting ads. And that is mm. a result of the conversation that uh, Ben, you brought up the um, the young guy that did the. Um, he looks like um, Adam Driver. I can't think of yeah. his name now. Yeah, uh, uh, up, 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 up. I can't either. He, has um, a chan he had like ten videos, then he had something like street woodworking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Street woodworking. That guy. Yeah. He Lincoln had mentioned street. Lincoln Street woodworking. He had mentioned that he disables skippable ads on all of his videos, mm -hmm. and he didn't really say why. He just said like. I don't allow people to skip ads on my videos. And he's like, yep. and you'll see why when you do it. So when this video started taking off, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't really care. I'm going to yeah. disable the skippable ads. 
And in that period of time, it's made almost $3,000. Damn, yeah, boy. Nice. So that told me something. So I was like, wow, that's pretty good. I'm going to go in right know? now and do that I'm to gonna my router table yeah, video. I'm, well, l- all right, let me I'm just, jumping, before you I'm do this. I'm jumping into my shit and just disabling <laughs> skippable. Before you do this, I, I have to give you a warning because I did this as a test because the video was on a run and I had mm-hmm. a thought that the advertisers they probably have some sort of calculation in there that says like if a video's on a run they'll pay a little oh, bit more yeah, cuz yeah, it's yeah. cost per click right because sure. mm-hmm. yep. cpc is a thing i even buy ads you know and on certain yep. things on google and stuff and i have a thing that says like if it's a if it's a ad that meets certain criteria or video that meets certain criteria advertise on it and i had this thought that maybe these other companies were doing the same thing and my bet was correct so i'm not saying to turn on only non-skippable ads in every context because i think that that can damage your your views over time because i think people get annoyed and they click away but with this video i didn't care anymore you know it was two years out and you know the video had you know half a million six hundred thousand views or whatever and I thought, well, it doesn't matter if it goes up or down. Like, I don't really care. I'm going to do this as an experiment because the, the video was on such a, uh, a viral run. And it did not stop the train. Wow. In fact, wow. YouTube used that as a means to push it even further. And it mm. said, like, you, because all these advertisers were basically trying to jump on the train. It's kind of like mm. stock market. And yeah, you see yeah, a run yeah. happening. It must and it's be a still sense, running. It sounds like the... Um, in AWS and Amazon Web Services, right? You can you can use the spot market, which basically you, you set machine criteria. So you say, I want this speed of a machine. I want this many virtual CPUs, this much RAM, sure. all these specs, right? And but I never want to pay more than nineteen cents an hour or whatever. Sure. Anytime one of those machines is available, you can run it. If it's not available at that price, you don't get to run it. So. A lot of guys will, will, uh, you know, for larger production websites, say like a Netflix or something, they'll play the spot market and they may have 12 different thresholds, right? So they're trying to maximize. Basically, Amazon has to have all this computing power. And when there's not a huge demand for that computing power, they'll sell it cheaper than they normally would, right? So you can play that market and save some money. And it's probably similar with YouTube uh, and purchasing ads for like the big guns, right? They, they probably yeah. have a similar marketplace, if you will. I've never had a video make like 700 bucks in one day. Cause it just got, it, got on, it. Well, it made it to the homepage of YouTube it made it to the front page. So it was like so everybody you, and their brother yeah. was watching it. Damn. It got like a million views in one day. Yeah. It was, you insane. know what popped well, up for me, uh, popped up for me last night of yours is the damn, uh, shipwreck, the sunken, the that's sunken, the one. that, that's okay. The, so that's, that's the, the one that popped off. Okay. That yeah, popped up that, for me. No, so no, no. That's the one that? that got on the homepage of YouTube. Okay. So that, that's the one that's got multi-millions of views on it. Yeah. Like 1.3 uh, or something. Like but that. see, the problem with that video is I was an idiot and it, I only made that video like four minutes long or something. So it's oh, not yeah. monetizable, oh. like past a certain point. So like it, it made yeah. 700 bucks. And then I think they yanked the monetization on it. Like it doesn't make any money now, but uh, the, um, the one that's been seem pushed out. Yeah. It's, I mean, I get why, because it was just too short, but, um, the, uh, 
the the video that made it to the top was just how to build a revolution grinder i mean it was my first full length uh build video that i did a few years ago when i built that grinder for mike lavalley and um and i just it's like a hour and a half long and so the watch time or it's it's an over a little over an hour long and the watch time on it average view duration is 50 minutes so like 47 47 some minutes And what then is YouTube your... decides to push it to the algorithm, and then I turn off non-skippable ads, and there's like right. five or six non-skippable ads per... in there, so it just yeah. kept pumping out money. And, you know, and though, when you look dude. at the chart, it's just like it takes a like a it, like the graph is going like sort of horizontally, Vertical. and then it literally takes a turn north and just that starts does. blasting. Man, that I've been I've been. Though. I've been Good. so hesitant to do longer videos like that. And like, I don't I have think that I've been trying to get shorter and I'm like, well, I don't know. I think it, it, there's a market for it, man, because you know, all my long form yeah. videos are doing really well. Uh, if the you know, content's I, interesting enough, it has right? to be interesting. Like, obviously yeah. it can't just be you hammering on a piece of steel for 40 minutes but or explaining you, something hugely complex either. I yeah. Think, right. It's gotta and be. You also have to, Remember that anyone who built a grinder up until last year used that as their video walkthrough. True. So there is a yeah. whole bunch of people going back to it, yeah. and YouTube oh. sees that as a kind of a thing. And also pausing and backing up and going mm-hmm. forward. Like that, that's all, yes. you know, positives. Right well, there here seems to be several schools of thought right so i've been watching some videos by the guy that uh he's a he's a like a very popular editor he edits for the likes of mr beast and whoever that other knucklehead is um daily yeah no there's another guy mark rober no mark does his stuff in-house anyway he, very, very well-known uh, YouTube editor to the stars, I guess. Uh, and <clears throat> his philosophy has turned into um, he's producing shorter content with the idea that people will watch more of their videos, right? So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like, okay, I'm only putting out three-minute videos, but what they saw when they looked into it further is that yeah they're only three minutes you're not going to get huge watch time but people will just click through and watch your whole library you know or a significant portion of your library and so he said they're seeing big dividends in that regard i, I think it's i think there's i think there's a good mix both. i think there's yeah. a good mix between doing those short form content and those yep. extra long i feel like there's there's the sweet spot at about eight minutes and then there's That's the sweet spot say, at like yeah. an hour and a half because yep, people, not much people click on and watch an entire eight minute video, no problem. And then you get people that will only put on like an hour long content just because they're listening to it in the background. They're doing chores yep. around whatever. But yep. those those 20 to 30 minute videos, it seems like those are like the, the it's not long enough to do all your chores, but it's too long to sit down and really dedicate your entire, you know. And most folks, 20, I think, at, for it. yeah, at 30 minutes, you're not as likely to pay attention to being engaging or interesting as you are if you're doing an hour long video, you know, well, we like, say that, but then we also look at like, you know, the art of craftsmanship who has their entire bread and butter at that 30 minute length. And it true. is true. 
but they are spot doing on it. And they are spot on interesting from the first second to the last yeah. you know and also the art of craftsmanship's audience knows what to expect and yeah. I think yeah that's the other part of this if you look at it's a very uh, laid back very yeah, and they well know what produced well edited well shot video uh and there's tons of visual eye candy, right? Like that shop oh, yeah. alone, you could, I spend more time looking in the background than I do at the work right. sometimes on some of the videos, know. you know? I, it, the, there's two channels to stare at or look at in form in, for long form content and how it works. One is Andrew Camerata. If you don't know yeah. who he is, he's up in um, upstate New York. He does like heavy hydraulic machine fixing and then he like, the guy just, he's like a savant. Like he makes all, he builds all kinds of things, but he um, fixes things mostly. And then he like uses them. So like he'll fix, he'll go to an yeah. auction and buy like a backhoe or a bulldozer and he'll fix it up and then he'll do something with it. And then, um, and his videos are typically an hour plus long and he gets like a million views on, on the video, like the day he releases it. It's like unbelievable how many people insane, watch his stuff. Yeah. Now, he hadn't always had that success. I mean, you know, it took him like freaking five or eight years or somewhere, you know, in that time frame to build an audience that would watch his stuff. But uh, the other guy is Adam over at Tested. I mean, if you look at Adam oh, Savage's yeah. work, yeah. you know, the guy just talks into the into a camera that's his, usually his phone. I and have he, thought and so did, much about just doing that stuff. You could do this, Ben. I you think I could. Gift. This is your <laughs> gift, dude. You could do this because... People would watch that, and I mean, you, it would take you a while to build an audience, but but you just, just spend like a day with Adam, me in the fucking shop, just yes, dude. around, and it would be pretty easy for you to create content like that. It wouldn't have to be heavily produced. And I if need you look something at Adam's that is subscribership, not produced. You know it's out there, but you <laughs> yeah. know it would it works because Adam is doing it's, it. He's and doing yes, it. he's right. from you know uh, MythBusters. I get that yeah. he's semi semi famous or whatever, but it's but, not. When I look at it's the shit like that, that he builds, it's not rocket science. Half the time, it is literally just that. It is yep. a design and build in place project that he has spent no time thinking about, you know, since he put it on his list a year stories. ago. And he right. tells stories. People yeah. love those freaking stories. See, that's man. the thing. You need to emulate him because A, you are a gifted storyteller, and B, <laughs> you have the gift of a shop that is very interesting to look at from yeah. every well, single I, angle. Yeah, and Adam's shop is not big. That. Have you noticed no, how big his tiny. cave is? It's like a two-car garage, but it's a little deeper and taller, yep. obviously. Yep. That's it. And the spot that he works in is probably exactly the same size as my footprint very here. Small. It's really small, and like like him, I've shoehorned more shit in here. I've had a few people come by. Um, uh, one, one guy, one in might particular. say, you boot you boot jack shit. In I there. boot jacked it in there, right? <laughs> team Chad hashtag Team, team Chad, Chad Team Chad. Um, you know, I had a guy uh, from Steel Stamps Inc. So he is local here in Boise, makes uh, touch marks for uh, steel and uh, leather. And so leather stamps too, right? for leather. Yep. So, uh, and it's steel stamps, S T E E L stamps, I N C on Instagram. Check him out. He's right here in Boise. Great guy. Just a really, really good dude. Um, 
He's got a shop out by the airport here in Boise, and he came by with a couple of tree cookies that he wanted just some some holes CNC'd in, some slots and, and holes and square uh, holes cut in so he could display his stamps at trade shows. And he, he goes to like Abana and other uh, knife-making co- uh, conferences and things like that and leather conferences. He just needed something to show off his stamps. Well, we got you know, BS and, and he walks in and he's like, I don't think you could literally fit another fucking tool in this <laughs> workshop. And I was like, well, I could, but I'd have How to get you rid walk of my work. <laughs> like, I'd have to get rid of my workbench, but you know, that's doable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, so I, I, I fit so much shit in here. It's almost crazy to me, but there's a guy on the DIY belt grinders group. Um, his name is Gabriel Culp. And he nice. has like a, a small little tiny shop in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like one of those guys that like everything is kick ass in his shop. Like it's all yeah. painted really nice and stuff. And he has really yep. interesting artwork and stuff everywhere. But he's got everything on winches. And so like things drop from the ceiling. Um, well, I've, so all, I've thought about them. that a lot. Oh again, yeah, me too. Collapse the fucking ceiling. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think about it a lot. So, but uh, all right, listen. Yeah. We're forty-seven minutes in. I want to get a little bit ahead of this right now because we have a uh, some patron stuff and we also have some bu- business stuff that we need to handle. So, number one, I want to mention our number one supporter of the Work for It podcast, and that's MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Uh, Lawrence Lake is oh, no. uh, doing some amazing things on his website and He's providing everywhere. the He's knife everywhere. making and ma- and just maker world in general with yeah. the t- the best and top quality stuff at a really good price. And he gets everything out. His logistics are really on point. So if you need something fast, you can get it from him. He's in Canada. You can take advantage of the USD to Canadian exchange rate. He ships into the USA every single day. Go check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And um, we are building a... I am gearing up very, very, very close to approaching this uh, knife project that we're doing for the Ukrainian relief support. Um, And uh, that's all been provided. Every single piece, including all the abrasives and everything else, has been provided by Lawrence Lake and MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. So we appreciate you, Lawrence, for supporting the Work For It podcast. Uh, We couldn't do this without you. And this year, Brian Cohn is using some of our uh, sponsorship money and Patreon funds to get himself to Blade Show 2022 in Atlanta. So if you're going to be going to Blade Show, make sure that you uh, come find us or message us on Instagram. And uh, and we're going to I'll be hanging out with Brian and uh, we're going to do a show that week about everybody else. Uh yeah we uh, I don't know maybe from, I don't see the, any reason why we shouldn't I'll have my yeah. laptop see, with I, me and also I that. fly out on Thursday so like we we can still record on Tuesday mm-hmm. and then oh yeah that's know, true that's a good point. you know our recording yeah, our record. recording schedule isn't you know messed up here well if we the record on to Wednesday we could have pickle on the show because he's yeah. flying oh, in on Wednesday in the it, live and in the studio live and in the studio I can the reach over of and Fremunda tap cheese. him in the nuts <laughs> if I had to you can um, babe, you can powder his balls for a change <laughs> <laughs> how's your crotch rot looking pickle let's take a look live on the on the podcast all right speaking of crotch rot um, let, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the, uh, Patreon support. That's a weird segue, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I, oh, I, by the I, way. Something tells me our patrons would find that very funny. Speaking about uh, patrons. Speaking I, of crotch, I, had to, I had to laugh my ass off last episode when Beko and you're like, all right, let's 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 do this one take. Say the list. I'll record it. Ten fucking minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we better I, not record I this that. one. I screwed that up so bad. I think, I you, got, so I think you got like three people in and already. Yeah, okay, well. in a story. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. And get this. We have 55 patrons now. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> yeah. So it gets, awesome. the, the list gets longer, and I'm going to read that list right now. It's getting to where we should do new, yeah. new people, as much as I hate to say it. But. I know. I'm going to I'm gonna keep reading them. Just I to, like it. And I'm going to just keep doing damn Let's it. Just keep they doing. mean something. Holy they shit. do mean something. Awesome Marcus at MW Steelworks. Mark Vanderwerf, the Flying Dutchman, 118 Blades. Justin Miller, Florida Man Forge. Devin and Dustin O'Hare of the Art of Craftsmanship. Noah Bloomberg of Antioch River Forge. Over on the in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, okay, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Michael Nye, Jamie the Squid, Eric at Overall Maker Works, Bob Ryan, Brigham Kendell, Scott Wilkerson at Phoenix Works, Keith Drennan of Blackthorn Concepts, Bob at Shed underscore seventy two on Instagram, Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives, Jason Moss, our man in Texas, Mark LeBlanc, Papa underscore. Hatch, that's H-A-C-H-E underscore Axe on Instagram. Our man in Canada, Ken Ken Kemna, Crafty Man Forge, James Hunsberger of Hunsberger Knives, Cardoso Knives in Portugal, KnifeMaterial.at, Moonshine Leatherworks, our man Brian Absher, Working Hands Podcast, Brian Coakley, Ryan Coakley of Ryan Chadbourne Custom Knives, Carol Ann Jeanette Racine, our executive director of Wooden Hand Wooden Carved Spoons, Oxford Blade Company, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, BexArmory.com, that's Richard Beck over BexArmory.com, Jared Weaver at Weaver's Custom Metalworks on Instagram. He is the master of metal manipulation on Instagram. Go find him over there. Leon Shanks of Two Birds Blade Works, Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knife Works, Thomas Moberg, TMO Knives, Donnie Dulovich, Maximus Knives, our man Neil Maximus Knives, Trox Claire, Custom Cutlery, Echo Blades, Jared over at Echo Blades, Nate Wapole of Walrus Steel, Zach Byrne of Burn Blades, Full Steam Designs with Chris Powell. Matthew Angel at Ad.KnifeWorks, Wesley Crum, Benjamin Mullins, Matthias, or my buddy Matt Bicker at DIY Europe, Dustin Yahima, Tony Mural of UK Knife Maker Supplies, Jeremy Ballaball, Ira Housework, Reaper Metalworks, Chris Larson, The Midnight Maker, Nord Artisan, Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations, all one word, at Sourwood Creations on Instagram. And here we go. That, let's see. These are the last five. Eric Andrew is the first one uh, that I didn't read last week, I don't think. And then we got Todd Harrington at TH Blades. Nice. We have Kyle Daly of KH Daly Knives. He's been Great on the dude. show. Kyle is now a supporter. <clears throat> we have Adrian Brielle at Adrian Brielle underscore Forge on Instagram. And get this. Drum roll. Please, Brian, drum roll. Find it. I don't, I don't Lando have a drum roll Novak, button. the hey. AKA, AKA Abstract Blacksmith on Instagram. He's oh. also a podcaster. He hangs out with Justin Laramieux, 
over at Forge Side Chat. Another hey, which awesome. Which one of them is awesome. leaving? Um, is what are they leaving? leaving? One of them's leaving the show. I heard on. Yeah, the- just oh, no, kidding. Justin, Justin actually oh, just left. The Justin's show. leaving. What happened? Do we know? I think it just he just decided he needs more time for other stuff. I'm not yeah, yeah, too much on his plate. A lot on the plate, it sounded like. From Can I just oh, say something saying. about Justin Laramie real quick? If you're not following him on um, Instagram and on YouTube, his YouTube stuff is really good. Like, he right. deserves more eyes on his work. It's it's really good. And so go find him on um, YouTube. Rainy Day Forge is his handle on Instagram. And also, I believe it's Rainy Day Forge on YouTube. I can't remember. I just, it is. I just am subscribed. But um, it's so good. And Justin's so funny. They're both so funny. They're I mean, Lando. Yeah. Lando and Justin tickle my funny bone on the regular. Yep. And uh, it's sorry to hear he's leaving the show, but uh, but I get it. It's you know, podcasting is a lot of work. It's, so. a, it's a yeah, it's a ride. Who's who's uh. Who's coming in for him on the show? Do you know, Beacon? I do not know. I wasn't I familiar with the guy who was on the last episode. but yeah. uh, You know what? I didn't listen to the last one, so I don't even know. I didn't even know Justin was leaving. Yeah. We yeah, love you, Justin. We love you, Lando. Works, but... We appreciate yeah. you guys so much. Good for stuff. Sure. So before we hit up WFI Projects, let me just go ahead and go through my week real quick. Yeah. So it has Dude. been... Tumble oh, yeah, system. Dude, I, I'm so sorry. I missed your week. We <laughs> no, got good. into it. We, we got You guys were on a roll. I wasn't going to break it I know what's been up. going on in your week, by the way, and it's awesome. So go ahead. Dude, I have been. I won't interrupt anymore. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I... So it has been tumble ahead, system. Brad. It has Go been ahead. tumble. Oh my god, <laughs> Lando! Hey, here's I'm joining idea. you why over here. Uh, why don't you tell us about your week, Brian? That'd be cool. Did I tell you guys what was going on in my show? <laughs> hey, all right, thanks, Brian. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I promise I'm gonna uh, stop talking now. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. It, I have been working on the tumble system like crazy. Actually, in the last seven days since we've um done this done this last podcast i have i have created seven or no five different youtube videos shot and edited all all around the tumble system so i am all in on it um so i just why don't you take up gymnast uh, practices (laughs) yeah you have to explain what this tumbler is yeah so (laughs) nobody knows it's an attachment for the belt grinder so that basically you you attach the this little tumbling system. It's like a rock tumbler. Oh. So you have this PVC pipe that has a screw on screw well, cap on one end. You're keeping a four foot eight gymnast in your workshop. Ah, uh, not this time. No, no. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm throwing my knives in there and putting some uh, media in with it and doing a bunch of tests with it. And I'm trying to make it better. The big nice. problem that I'm having right now is it's kind of like a Pringles can where with a three inch uh, PVC pipe, you can't actually reach your hand far enough into it to be able to like grab the knives out easily. Yeah, so I think said. that I've I've got like tw- 20 different things that I'm improving on this version two already. But could yeah, you go got, to like a six or an eight inch PVC? Yeah, that's I'm kind of going towards the six inch on the next round just to yeah. see what that's like. 
Because once you get up over six inches, it gets way it's more expensive. a lot expensive. of media, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, in the in the machining world, you know, we use tumblers a lot. And there's people out there that build these big, big, big tumblers that are like two feet in diameter. Yeah. And they're like, uh, they, they're, it's the same concept of what you've built, but just on a bigger scale. And they put baffles in them. So they'll they'll put like a a strip of something in there, steel or whatever. Oh, yeah. And what that does is is it like if you can imagine like a, a Ferris wheel, the knife goes up, it gets caught in that it baffle, pockets, and then it's right? and then yeah. it yes, and then it gets tossed. So then it falls down on the inside, and that gives you a more kind so of a beat up, you know, ass and wash look. So yeah, you don't use them. You don't you don't fill the container. You know, very full. You just let it kind of just tumble around inside. And so, two different stuff. things. So, um, one, I want to keep it still an attachment for the belt grinder and have it belt driven off of your two by seventy two, just because you know that's. I want this to be an attachment situation, not like a standalone yeah. piece, because it. I I imagine that there's going to be more knife makers willing, like, oh, hey, on my lunch break, I can put some knives in it and just let it tumble. And yeah. then once I no, get back from lunch, yes. it's it's ready to go. You or, definitely and, need to keep it as an attachment. It's such a great idea because not everybody's going to have like a motor just hanging out. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that would be the biggest turnoff for people is if like, oh, well, I also have to buy a motor. Well, now this goes from, you know, a pretty cheap and easy project to, oh, I'm, I have to source a motor and a VFD. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. I'm going to pass on this thing, you know. You could also later down the road if you wanted to separate it at some point, you can use stepper motors because they have a high torque rating, yeah. you know, where they'd be able to mm. move stuff like that. But I yeah. love your concept because it's just one less piece of equipment in your shop. It's basically yeah. just yeah. a thing you set on your work rest and it do- and it does it for you. Another yeah, and- reason why the the 2 by 72 is such a versatile and amazing machine, right? Just, yeah, really and I've been looking cool. around, and I don't see anybody that's offering a tumbling system as a an yeah. attachment. So, you know. Yeah, I don't think there are any out there. I mean, at least I'm, I've, I've looked at all the major ones, and I haven't seen any. I've seen a lot of people who build them. And, you know, now yeah. now that I've built the first version, I have actually gone through and watched a bunch of different YouTube videos and um, they are all like not like crazy. It's not like I'm using something totally different than anyone else. But I do believe that my system is significantly less complicated and easier to build than what I've seen. Yeah, I've seen. And I could just be. It, lo- it looks stout too. It doesn't yeah. look like it would fall apart or anything. Yeah, it looks great. So. I've been, you know, really tinkering around with that. And I've, I've already, like I said, I've got like a list of 20 different things that I'm going to improve on it, including being, having the ability to easily switch between a two foot, you know, PVC pipe down to like a one foot PVC pipe, depending on how big of a batch you're trying to tumble. Because like I did, I did a couple where I'm just doing smaller knives and having two foot of PVC, you you pretty much have to dump the whole thing out to get to the knives. And that, that's a pain in the butt. And you, you just don't need it. But I will say that the the photos you sent me of the work that you got out of them, it just stepped up your game. It just looked those knives look so cool, Brian. I mean, they look so great coming out of there. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And if you guys want to see it, go check out my Instagram. the The ones with the rock tumble texture and then the rock fix um, texture on the handles. That's that's the first set of knives that I've got out of it. Um, I still have two more 
two more that I'm going to post. I'm kind of holding those ones back because it's the difference between the flat ground and the, the brute to forge texture on the top. And I really like the way that those turned out. So, yeah. So I'm yeah, looking at so your cool. last three photos on Instagram and it looks like the first of the last three, there's a set of four knives. Those have not been tumbled yet. Is Correct. That, that was right? pre-tumble. That's that pre-tumble. was pre-tumble just at, um, acid washed and then soaked in coffee for 24 hours. And then uh, the t- second photo is just your hand with two knives in it. And those yep. have been tumbled. Yes. And I'll tell you, man, that the, I, you're, the, you just stepped up your game by like a million times. I know it's like a subtle change, but that subtle change just made such a huge difference. And the way it makes your, um, your stamp stick out your touch mm, mark. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, just gorgeous work, man. Gorgeous. Yeah. Work. I really like the way that's turned out. And the thing that was really surprising to me is like, after going through all that and watching a bunch of the YouTube videos, most people say that you only have to tumble for like five minutes or 10 minutes. Those two knives sat in there for almost yeah, at least 30 minutes, probably closer to 40 minutes tumbled to get yeah, to that level. Say, like, so my and, and that's because your pipe is so small. Like you would have you think so? a fast. Yeah, you'll said. have a. F- <laughs> <laughs> you got to get yourself a bigger pipe. That's the problem. You're running out of you need bigger girth. It all go faster girth. if you had a bigger fucking pipe. <laughs> if you had less media in those the, those uh that tube and a larger diameter the knife would get uh roughed up quicker okay so i think th- i think that's the where you're See, running into an issue i was sitting here like thinking oh well my my acid etch and the coffee etch is just so strong but <laughs> Well, that could be part of it, too. I mean, that could be part of it, too. But I, I, I would hedge my bet that if you got a little more aggressive with it. what, What's the media that you're using? What's inside? Just the, the Harbor Freight. So there's there's the larger Harbor Freight where it's kind of like the triangle, probably inch by inch or so. Okay. And then the smaller, like little itty bitty, maybe quarter inch size pyramids from Harbor Freight. Okay, the, gotcha. The it's gray ones the are two? the larger ones, and the green ones are the smaller. T- it's about a 50-50 mix or so. Okay, all right, I got yeah. you. Yeah, that's all. That's all on the word of um, Matt Gentry. So that's that's the reason why I did that. And also, speaking of those, you know, or the rock texture handle, that is completely ripped off from Matt Gentry. One hundred percent of that should go to you know the the inspiration is from Matt Gentry because Matt has done that at least he was the first person that I saw that do that and like show that process. Holy crap, is that cool stuff? Yeah, I watched a, a Gentry Custom Knives uh, YouTube video last night of him gluing up scales where they yeah. had the. Uh, I've always I've never done this before where you glue um, sort of a, a piece diagonally inside of a yeah scale. And it's always been intimidating um, to watch people do it. And, you know, and he broke it down. He's a really good educator. So he, he that's is. another one. That's mm-hmm. another re- a recommendation that I can I could give is uh, Matt Gentry's YouTube channel. Go check that out. It's kind of the same stuff he's doing on Instagram, but it's longer form. And it's and you learn a lot. I mean, he's he's really good at communicating. And he's educating. also, he's also building a new house uh, and up a, a part of that house is going to be a quite a significant shop up upgrade for him. So he just put out a video that is basically like a little vlog of him, you know, bulldozering, bulldozering his, uh, Oh yeah. I saw that, that, I mean, 
he's not, he doesn't put out vlogs at all, but like the first version of his vlog, I mean that that was just you know fun to watch. So go check that out too. I and like then when the guys one do vlogs like Jimmy Duresta used to do vlogs. I really dug those. I, I thought it was cool, but Jimmy has such an interesting life in general, you know, where he's always visiting makers and going to events and stuff. But even some of the simpler ones, Tough Guy TV or Tough Guys TV is another one. Uh, who's more kind of a woodworker tool reviewer. And he does reviews. The guy gets like so few views, it blows my mind. His content's really well produced and everything else. But the vlogs are cool. I'll have to check out Gentry's. Yeah, Gentry's got good stuff, man, for sure. You guys ready for a friggin' uh, dad joke or what? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. How did the boulder go to bed? How? <clears throat> it rocked itself to sleep. <laughs> and then I got I got another one in this morning from Nate Wapple from Wall of Steel. If you guys want a twofer, I sure. Why not? I'll give you a threesome when you're done. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, hold on. Let's see. Uh, it's a short one, but it's really good. He says nine out of ten people who are afraid of hurdles never get over it. <laughs> very funny very good i like that one so so a bear and a and a rabbit meet in the woods and and the bear says to the rabbit he says man do you have problems with shit sticking to your fur and the rabbit's like no i don't have that issue so the bear picks up the rabbit and wipes his ass <laughs> <laughs> did you know that that's my an cock, old one my, uh, did you know that my cock uh do you know my cock's in the Guinness Book of World Records? Oh, yeah? <laughs> it was until the librarian asked me to take it out. Oh. <laughs> That's more of like a creepy uncle joke. <laughs> No, that's not a dad joke. <laughs> that's, what, that's a joke a weird uncle tells that's the entire family at joke. the table on Thanksgiving. Oh. Goodness. All right, jump. right, let's jump into uh, WFI projects on that note. Uh, I am going to go first with uh, one of my favorite knife makers. He is quickly turning into one of my favorite knife makers, and that mm. is Two Birds Blade Works. Um, he's Two also birds. a patron. Uh, I think he's a patron. No, that's that's uh, is that true? Two birds patron? Is he on our patron? I don't Leon know. Shanks, uh, I'm, I don't. I'm not yeah, about to call Leon him out Shanks. if he's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Leon Shanks. Yeah, that's I'm true. He, that's true. I can't help. I think I might have said it before. It, it sounds like such a piratical name, or or it does. You know, or, like a Robin I imagine Hood his touch style mark name. Would be, Actually, two birds like sitting on a branch, but it's two middle right. fingers, which I find even more funny. And awesome, it is awesome. And his knife work is amazing. And so he shared this integral Damascus piece that he put together. It's kind of like out of a teal handle. Um, I I would I'm striving to achieve something like this one day in my work, and it's it's really really cool to see. So go check out Two Birds Blade Works. It's all one word on Instagram. He's from Antelope Acres, California, or at least that's where he lives. And his stuff, it's a chef's knife, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Awesome one, nice. Leon. So I've got one from Josh Endes. So first of all, this is a really cool clip point knife. Clip point? No. Harpoon point. Harpoon. Har- Goodness. Harpoon. 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 Clip, <laughs> knife, holy cow, I just got a tongue twister going there. Clip. 
Okay. So it's really interesting. The the handle wood is from 285 Woodworks. But the thing that is really cool about this is that when he did the acid etch, it looks like he spread something on it and he doesn't say what he did to it to get the acid wash splatter pattern on it. But it looks mm. really, really cool. And it Have reminds me Dennis's video. On I was this? just about to bring that up as Dennis's yeah, I new think video. This is it. Yep. I think Dennis stumbled upon that thing. Yeah, you can talk mm. about it. I I See, think that's what he did here. I almost don't think so because this looks more like you know streaks, where Dennis's was like a nebulous cloud-looking thing, like it was all dots. So I almost wonder if he spread something on this before he put it in the acid. Yeah, that's what I like think the, he did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like uh, Dennis discovered, if he has a little bit of oil in his acid that it gives this really cool, like splotchy. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, very, I think very it looks like nebulous. Like you're looking up at the, at the In night space. sky. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh. This <clears> looks <throat> more like a Jackson Pollock. Where yeah. Dr- drizzled something on the blade, let it cure and then etched it. Yeah. And then, and then basically cleaned it all off. I mean, it's really, I love that people are doing these experiments with steels. Yeah. So cool. it's fascinating to me because I'm also going down the path of etching steel and making Damascus and um, like one one little mistake in the series of things that you need to do to etch a knife properly and you have to go all the way back to the beginning. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a pain. But uh, see, but this is something that I'm done. going to probably make a video around to do something either like this or like how Dennis did it and then tumble it in the system. To see what it if it kind of like blurs yeah. it all together, I don't know. You maybe like leave the oil. Well, no, if you leave the oil on, it won't make any difference, would it? Would it? I have no idea. I don't know. It's mm. see, this is all the fun experiment stuff that you get. I to love do. this shit. This experimental stuff. I I just I mean I, it it almost feels like when I was first getting into knife making and like I couldn't sleep because I knew that like the next day I'm gonna do this next process and it's just like ah I'm excited about it. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Florida Man Forge found a cool little uh, uh, work for it insignia on, I don't know if it's a dumpster or the back of a inspirational tree grapple hook. It says, don't wish for it, work for it. Hey. Pretty, pretty cool there. Not anybody's work in particular, but thought it was <laughs> neat I, uh, that he I, put two I saw two that too. He tagged me in that, and it was uh, it was pretty cool to see somebody done that like graffiti style on like, yeah. a dumpster or a fence or something. Yeah, and then Brig- Brigham Kendall with his uh, daughter in the shop uh, drawing out her own knife. So she's got her design going here, and he's hoping that she can stick with it. And have a finished knife of her own design, which is pretty darn cool. He really involves his kids quite a bit out in the shop. And uh, he was recently on the Hustle and Grind and talked a bit about uh, sort of how he is raising his boy and uh, I guess his kids in general and, and teaching them the value of work and, you know, how to earn money for things they do. It, it was kind of neat because, um, Jack turns 12 on the 20th of May, and we got him hooked up with a little side job this summer mowing grass for the neighbor. So he's starting to learn really quickly the value of uh, 
work, but also that his old man is a royal pain in the ass to work for. <laughs> so it's tough <laughs> it's like, to work for your dad. <laughs> yeah, like I go, you know, I go over, since it's just next door, I can go inspect his work quite thoroughly. So any piece of grass that's, you know, taller than the others gets scrutinized and therefore he has to trudge back over there with the weed whacker. <laughs> oh, yes. It's worth doing. It's worth doing right. Get it done. That's it. <laughs> I got somebody new on the scene that I've not seen before. W Scott one nine eight seven on Instagram. Uh, Trey Scott is his name, and it looks like he's got like a little machine shop, and he's making knife vices, and he's uh, he's got a whole bunch of stuff. And at some point, he got a work for it sticker. So at some point, I must oh, cool. have shipped him something. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, Do we have when that up? was? Well, this was uh, one of my old American flag ones, like oh, cool. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. The we have some. I somewhere in a box, I have a bunch of work for it stickers. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna bring them to Blade. Nice. Sarah says she found them. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So we got to do some some swag one of these days, and I need to follow through on a promise I made to our patrons and uh, get my button gear and get those things made. I sent you a whole bunch of stickers. I got all I? your stickers here. They're okay. plastered all over my fucking workshop, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I gotta get new stickers made for my new logo. I haven't done that. You yet. do, absolutely. Getting some touch marks though, thanks to my connection. <clears throat> Brian, you got any more WFI projects? Yeah, I've got Red shop? Snake Forge. He's been uh, working on some rasp knives. So out of the old um, farriers rasps, he's made a couple different knives, or he's finished one. He says it's his first rasp knife. But the second one, he's midway in the process, and he's he's done the thing where the first one is just a mono, like it's just a single piece of wood. Uh, I don't know if it says under here what kind of wood it is. But the second one, it has a uh, like a greenish tinted uh, spacer in there, which I really appreciate because I, I think the if you put some more color up towards the bolster area, it just makes it look a little bit more classy. So yeah, he's doing some great work over there. Right on, right on. I'm digging in, man. There's like so much in here. We have now 3,895, so almost 3,900 projects. Just a few. On, that's quite a few. Um, and th- and no, I'm not tagging WFI projects in my posts anymore. So I neither am I. We're all I, all three of us are staying away because yeah. you know we don't want to be you know. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't want to like fill it all up and stuff. Um, I'm going to mention JK Blades. Uh, Jason over JK Blades. Looks like he's working on a big chopper or let's see. He doesn't really explain what it is, but it's huge. Oh, maybe it's a brisket knife. Maybe. I don't know, but it's huge. It could be. It could be a machete. Could be a brisket knife. I don't know. But it's huge and it looks good. He's got it in front of his Broadbex ironwork. That's it. So it looks like he's he's hammering away on that. Getting Another hammered, one with baby. a giant knife over there is Maximus Knives. He's he's doing the maze he's for makers. He's got a giant knife. Yeah. He's doing a maze for makers, and this I one, I mean, that it. thing has yeah. to be coming up on two foot long blade. Like that thing is huge. And then oh, his second picture, the second picture is him holding a little, you know, American painted turtle. So, mm. you know, yeah. it's oh, for yeah. the day nine, which is hands at work. So that's, that's such a cool, if folks aren't familiar with that, P.L. Smith 
uh, does May for Makers. I think this is their, maybe their third year now. Um, uh, Luke and Priscilla, husband and wife team over in New York, I think they are. Maybe Connecticut, something like that. But uh, they do this 30-day May for Makers. Uh, I won't call it a challenge, but it's a calendar of prompts. And so every day there's a new prompt and uh, you make a post, follow the prompt, you know, uh, really a cool, cool deal. They don't, uh, I think they don't get enough credit throughout it because they sort of, you know, selflessly promote the program and other makers. Uh, but really behind the scenes, they are just doing a phenomenal job to organize it and pull it off and everything else. So really, really a cool thing. Every year I say, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then I just... I fall flat, so I need to get my button gear and do it one of these years. Next year. Next year, we're all going to do it. There you go. Love it. NJ underscore custom underscore knives. Uh, Noah Jacobs. He is has been following our work uh, for a while now, and he's working on uh, what he says he can't decide, couldn't decide if he was going to do a ladder pattern or a raindrop. So he did both and he's like working. I He doesn't show any of the results of this, but it's like it looks like a billet that he's kind of like drilled some holes in and then made some slashes with a grinder. So, Noah, I cannot wait to see how that turned out. I know Pickle was working on something, I think, uh, similar too. he was working on something like that, too. Oh, so. speaking of Pickle, did you see that he's shutting down shop for a couple days? Yeah, I just got a just, picture of him framing something. <laughs> yes, he's at, yeah. he's adding on to his shop. So oh, is he really? Him. Yes, he is. Yep. Nice. Just got a message from him, and he's showing the, the, the trusses being laid. Nice. So, looks good. Yeah, how big's he? Room. How big's he getting? You know, I don't know. I don't know any of the specifics. I mean, I suppose we can find out on the show two weeks from now. We'll have him on yeah. if if Sounds we can good. arrange for it because he's going to be flying in uh, Wednesday. Got to find out what time. <laughs> I think he'll be in, and we'll have enough time to get him on the show before we leave. Awesome. For Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. It looks like a pretty big. I'm looking at it. It looks like a pretty big addition, like maybe ten by twenty feet. 10 by 15 feet maybe. Well, shit, I don't think his his original shop is that big, so double the footprint. It looks like it's doubling it. Yeah, it's at least doubling the size of his shop. Yeah, that's going to be huge for him. And he's doing all the work himself, it looks like. He's got a nail gun and everything. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, it looks good. Back to his roots. There it is. So our sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply, I finally ordered something from him. And I did a true test where... I didn't put my name in the Maritime Knife. Like, I just, I didn't want to get, like, special treatment. I just wanted to see, you know, roughly Kyan how Bone, long it's going to take. You, you, Kyan Bone, you put that No, in I, I put in a buddy's name. <laughs> you just ben use that Dover. for the porn website. Benjamin Dover. That's exactly <laughs> what I put Dover. in. Benjamin Dover. Yep, yep. Anyway, so, I... <laughs> Goodness, guys. My name almost sounds better. Flipped he's, around. He's friends backwards. with my buddy Phil McCracken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness. But anyway, so I bought some belts from him, and it only took five days. Oh so yeah, he that gets was, everything that was damn quick. Super quick. Yeah, that's that's quicker than anything else that I've ordered. So that's pretty. There was good. some <laughs> discussion too, by the way. He might be a blade. Ooh. I don't know for sure. He's okay, an elusive individual, sure. you know. You see his stuff everywhere, but you don't see the man, the myth, or the legend. 
if you dig into his Instagram feed, there are some photos of him. Hi there. You can find some. I have yeah. to, I've just been... He actually has a personal Instagram as well because he's uh, a knife maker. I've See, been he doesn't a poor talk a lot creeper. about himself. See, that's the thing. Yeah, I've been if a If you poor look creeper. into his stuff, yeah, if you really look into what Lawrence has been up to for the last five years, you'll see some amazing knife work. So nice. Take that for what it's worth because he's the guy selling you the stuff. Well, the passion I think has that's to pretty damn produce important. something. Yeah, that's really cool. Yep. And I tell yeah, you, you know, you it's said it. Oh, it's just impressive to me that, you know, I put in the order. I guess even to be fair, it's closer to like four and a half days because I put in the order in the evening and it was there in the morning on the fifth day. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's to get through the border and to me, it's, that's pretty damn quick. Well, yeah, you said it earlier, too, quick. that. You know, it's not not necessarily just knife making stuff. Uh, you know, there's other shit on there that is just for making in general. I've got a note to remind myself to reach out to him about some uh, six inch sanding discs for uh, orbital sander, random orbital sander. You know, he carries 3M and he carries um, Rhino Wet, and both of those brands make. Uh, six-inch discs for Festool sanders and others. And I don't know if there'd be a huge demand for it, but I would certainly order through him if uh, if he carried those. But Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You have to ask him. And a lot of times if you do need something that's not on his site, you can ask him directly and he'll get it. Yeah, he'll get and after that's it. How, yeah. That's how he stocks his store is like how yeah. people, if they request something that they use on the regular, then he'll just yeah. start storing it or keeping it uh hence the name store but uh anyway all right uh brian do we have any other uh business items or anything else we want to discuss before we shut this mf uh, down i don't think so am i forgetting something i don't think so uh, i don't mama. think so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I heard somebody say one one time, um, like <clears throat> when you get into your forties, you can't you can't say. I think it was Anthony Condon, say <laughs> you know you can't um, remember mama jokes. Your mama's so yeah, fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no longer allowed to use them. You're no longer allowed to use them because a lot of people don't have their mothers anymore. It's pretty true. Oh, <laughs> you don't really know, point. you know. Like yeah, when you're yeah. a teenager, most of the time everybody's got a mom. Yeah, right? you know? yeah I, love I still it. have my mom, and uh, you know, Me too, but, thank uh, God. Yeah, I've got I've got a big big catalog of yo mama jokes. That's oh man. Yeah, they're very, very, very off color. A lot of them. I don't, I, so, I don't know where I heard that that uh, librarian joke I shared earlier, but I laughed my <laughs> ass off. It was an Instagram I it was reel. A true story. I yeah, it was an Instagram <laughs> reel. Smallest pecker in the world. <laughs> uh, hey, well, listen, we appreciate you guys listening to the Work For It podcast. Obviously, we're making a huge dent in the community, and uh, your feedback and love is so greatly appreciated so everyone out there who supports us on patreon we truly appreciate you thank you for doing that that's really awesome and um and we and we appreciate everybody listening in and commenting and sharing we get that all the time i get these notifications so i hope you guys are having a good working week hard work and good luck my name is brian house and you've been listening to the work for it podcast yeah goodbye, goodbye. Have a good Goodbye. fucking day. <laughs> Have a bye, very bye, good bye, fucking bye. day. We'll see you later. <laughs> bye. Adios.